basically a second movie that's from other perspectives. Yeah. Oh, really? From the same day? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be into it. And welcome to the Down Front Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Hey! Hey! We have a large group here. I'm super excited, guys. I hope that you're excited as much as I am excited. For... You excited. Oh, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, we are going to be reviewing the newest movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. Yeah, it came out like five hours ago. It's not that new anymore. It's brand new. So. It's about as ripe as a grapefruit. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> and what does I have? One of my best friends here, Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? Oh, it's going real well. Haven't seen you in a while? Tangy, citrusy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. How's everyone doing today? Yeah. Hey, you right there, over there? Someone had to clear the throat. Sorry about that. No, mic check. Mike, Mike check. We're just making sure we're all right. Uh, Kyle, what you drinking? Uh, I'm sipping on a Dale's Pale Ale, a one point one pint in three point two fluid ounces, so like just shy of twenty ounces. Fair enough. Um, awkwardly skinny but very tall can, still refreshing, still wonderful. Um, I guess I should have gotten one of those uh, like big squeezes, you know, the mm, UFOs that so Harper right. makes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the fruit they use to like make those. It's uh, they actually use grapefruit. Oh nice. That's a shame. <laughs> um, I love grapefruit. It's really good. <laughs> But, <laughs> alas, they didn't have any, so here I am with a Dale's Pale It's a classic. Oscar Blues does a great job, and it's very refreshing. Well, as always, I'm really glad to see your face. Likewise, likewise. Of course, of course. Uh, to his right, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jesse Kendrick. Hi. How's it going, man? How it's going? Haven't seen you in a while? Yeah, I missed the last couple podcasts. Eh, it's okay. It's been kind of hot, so we've just been hanging out. It's fair enough. Fair what, enough. Uh, what, you, what you been sipping on? Uh, I'm doing another one of my mixed Tarani drinks. I'm doing green apple and cupcake, which you'd think would be a terrible mix, but is actually quite delicious. Oh, green apple. Green apple and green apple. That sounds super fancy. I hope it's good. Yeah, it's totally awesome. Phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, To his right, we have his first time in a live recording with us in person. He is real. In the, the flesh. In yes. the flesh. The Mocha Mike. That's right. I'm not just a CGI square. Yeah. Lights right. <laughs> L-I, as in Lord intended. Sure. Yeah, make, that, make that a thing. I'm yeah, telling you. It's, it's actually here. Than what I had. Yeah, I'm actually here. Super excited to be here. It's great to be back in Boston in general. I'm glad I was able to find some time to flesh look each of you in the eyes. No. Flesh and real like a grapefruit peel. Like, it's just... <laughs> Fantastic to see you here. Yeah, man. It's, it was hot out today. I'm a bit sweaty, which means I'm a bit bitter. It was hot. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm psyched to be here to chat about um, 
one of the movies that I'm most excited for, like, ever. And that's by my homecoming. Uh, fair warning to anyone listening at home, I am completely and utterly biased. So take everything I say with a grain of salt, because I love <laughs> Spider-Man way too much to, to let it slide otherwise. Well, what are you drinking? Um, so, I'm drinking a harpoon drink that I haven't had before. It's called Camp Wanna Mango. I figure it's summer, it's nice and sunny out. Um, go with something a little fresh, something a little fruity. Yeah, yeah. Not we, too, uh, like, grapefruity. No, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> you have makes the big squeeze, this and that's a, a shandy, and they use some oh, grapefruit. Oh, Yeah. Uh, like the Capri Suns? That's what I call Capri Sun. That's right, when you get the like, big ones, and you get squeezed, and then you get to yeah. drink that. Uh, not quite, not quite. They had that idea, but really, this, what it does is it's a shandy, and they use some grapefruit to make it with. Uh, this one actually uses the mango, though, so. Yeah, well, Good, in its own right, of course. Well, yeah, well, I'm an island boy, so I have to go with the mango. It's tradition among my people. That's <laughs> why <laughs> I have to have that tonight. Guillermo can confirm, because he too, despite our different colorations, is also of my kin. Well, speaking of who's next, Mr. Guillermo, how's it going, man? Whoa! Hey. I haven't seen you in a couple of years since our... Uh, also in the flesh. Yes, also in the flesh. I haven't seen you since our Force Awakens trailer. And our no, that's not true. Office. He was here for Rogue One. I was here for Rogue One. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was here for Rogue One. <laughs> but it sounded like it was from Force Awakens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, how you been? What you sipping on? I'm not sipping on anything. Okay. Uh, um, should we should get a big squeeze? Uh, grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> and we have next uh, Mike the Shredder. How's it going, man? So, what's happening? Uh, tonight, I am endorsing, because uh, that's all this is, right? Product placement. Uh, Goose Island, summertime, Kolsch. Yes, you had it, Kolsch. Made with real goose. Uh, I don't know, that's Kolsch. German and I don't like it. Um, Wish. It has a new amount, which is redeeming, but you know, otherwise, Kolsch. too many consonants in a row. I mean, it's uh, not brewed with grapefruit. A little bit disappointing. Disappointing. Because would have that would have been refreshing. Yeah, I just came on my like fingers. I'm craving one right now. Mm. So you will drink and lose weight at the same time. Yeah, ladies, it is a fat burner. <laughs> would you say if you had a grapefruit, you could crush it? <laughs> uh, I would go all. I'll go all Wolverine minute. on that. Wolverine. That's another. I feel like that relates tangentially. Our topic tonight. That could be, could be correct, could be correct. But yeah, uh, thanks know, for us. A couple of copyrights changed for like movie places, yeah, licenses. Uh, Mr. Andrew Abbott, how's it going, man? Good, good. Haven't seen you in a couple of years. I know, I'm back. Last time was Batman vs Superman. Oh, so. I'm sorry. Wow. 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 Was a superhero sorry, movie, but this one, this one seems to be a complete, you know, 360, 180. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, wait, 360, 180 is still technically correct. That's a 720. <laughs> I did the math. I did the math. Get off my back. That's a sick move on the screen. Everybody's like, whoa, wait, hold on. I am sipping on the UFO Summer Huckleberry, uh, delightfully juicy Hefeweizen Ooh. with a refreshing berry finish. Ooh, so they make it with berries. That's weird, because they make a UFO called the Big Squeeze, and it's made with grapefruit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Huckleberry is a kind of grapefruit, just a berry. <laughs> I doesn't sound right to me, but I don't have the facts to defend. I am a so vegetarian. Right I now. am a vegetarian. And you know it with that, that gives you license to say those things. Yeah. License. Automatically licensed. 
Well, thank you for hanging out with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, and also, the smoothest voice that everybody would hear, Mr. Ooh. Brylin, how's it going? It's me, it's me, it's the B-R-I-L-U-N-D. How's it going, fellow high school wow. kids? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Please tell me you were yeah, you you been, Hold on, yeah. You've you been doing the yoga? Uh, no. That's a great way to get that GDP yoga out there. Introduce <laughs> yeah. yourself like that. <laughs> And right now, folks, let us tell you about DDP Yoga. Yes. <laughs> it's an, our sponsor tonight is DDP Yoga. Oh, it actually is. I can't believe that's a thing. DDP? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. going to be, he's gonna yeah. be at uh, Boston Comic Con. He, yeah. yeah. Or he's, not Boston Comic Con, Northeast Comic Con. He's going to be at Worcester Mass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can Showing sign up for sessions. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can learn the grapefruit position. <laughs> nice. What you sip it up? I, too, have enjoyed one of Jesse's Tarani mixed drinks. The green Same apple, yeah, cupcake. green apple cupcake. Um, it is a very refreshing drink. Yeah. I was very impressed by it. It's a nice balance of sour and sweetness. What I like, it didn't taste like sugar. It tasted like just a refreshing drink, nice. and that's what I was looking for tonight. So, great job, Jesse. Awesome. That's always nice. I'm, super, I'm glad that Jesse can do something right. Yeah, right. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for hanging out, hanging out with us. Uh, and last, I'm Warren. I will be your host for this evening. I am currently also sipping on a Camp Wanamango. We also record. I, I don't know where that movie is, what that, what that quotes from a movie, but yeah, anyways. Uh, but thanks for hanging out, guys. I'm super excited. We've been talking about this a lot, literally all night. So I'm really, really pumped to dive into this John Watts directed Spider Man Homecoming. And let's get into the wins. We're going to talk about the criticism. We're going to talk about some spoilers and things that surprised us as well. But I'm really, really excited to kind of start off with. Guillermo, your thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, so, this is one of my favorite Marvel, Marvel movies. Um, I also like the origin story movies a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and I also really, really appreciate it that on this one, you can sort of see the Marvel formula. Um, I felt that <clears throat> Doctor Strange, even though it was pretty... It was very, very... Gorgeous movie to look at. It was you can see behind the formula, so I'm like, okay, it wasn't that good. It was good, but it wasn't that good. Same thing with uh, uh, Guardians. It was too formulaic. It was more. It was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, this one was very, very good. They didn't waste any time on explaining us how he was Spider-Man again, which I yeah. definitely appreciated. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing like second fiddle almost but still having such a good presence in the movie is is very reassuring that it is a universe um, the uh, I think the movie was very very pretty um, I 3D is a little weird still for me the angle that we were looking at it it was still blurry a little bit uh, so it was throwing me off a little bit but it was very good um the the if the story f was the flow of the story was very natural. It didn't feel like oh, we need to now do this, and then we need to present this character, and then we need to do this. It was very very good. Uh, the the big guns, Michael Keaton and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Fuck, they're good. They yeah. are such I was, good actors. I, I was almost in the clear going into this movie, not having anything. Spoiled, spoiled for me and I'm standing in line because we have an issue with our tickets and one of my best friends Mr. Mocha Mike just goes up and says oh yeah I'm super pumped that Michael Keaton's in this movie 
Alright, well, hold on a second. Here's Dang. the thing, though. No. Audience at home needs to understand that your host, Warren, has like, the most ungodly ability to avoid any amount of information whatsoever. I'm good. I thought that something like actors <laughs> and actresses was, you know, fair game. Spoilers. Even yeah. when there's a big-ass standee of Spider-Man right at the window of the movie theater. <laughs> well, to be fair, Spider-Man's wearing a mask. True. Oh, of course. Oh, wow. Oh, of course. No, but it was good. It was definitely very good. Yeah. I really, well, really liked it. It was super funny, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was just everything. Like, like Marvel. Yeah, I think. Was, like, that very, like, funny. The, the, the uh, scenes that were tense were really tense, too. It was good. Um, and... Jesse knows because we've seen all the Spider-Man movies. I hate it's true. Spider-Man. I've never understood. I don't I've never like met another person who hates. I like, don't like him as a character that hates. It was always just ridiculous and stupid, and the banter was just stupid for me. Uh, kind of like what Mike um, uh, Mike said in the teaser. They really. It really felt like he was fifteen year old, and not like a stupid fifteen, like a movie character fifteen yeah. year old. It actually, you can see him being like, "Shit, I want to be a kid, but I'm also super aware of my responsibility." And he tried to rise up to this hero of his, which is uh, yeah, Iron Man. Well, he tried to rise beyond. His it was ability. so. It was like, a good movie. It like was very good. The whole time, you know, Stark was saying, "Hey, man, just like." Take it easy. Yeah. Just do what you can do because you're 15. And he the enti- he spent the entire time being like, no, I, I deserve to be with these like big guns yeah. who have been doing it forever. Which, I mean, I think we were all at 15, like, oh, I can do everything. You're like, no, dude, trust me. I just, uh, put me in, coach. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm the star athlete. I'm the best musician ever. Uh, you know, I can play now the clarinet solo and... And then yeah, I can do kung fu. It's a, it's a, I'm a perfect human being. Like that's just that's just who you are at 15. And then once you combine it with someone who can lift a bus with their bare hands, you really drive that that near hubris. I wouldn't say quite hubris because it's like super ego. He was, yeah, it's not quite Tony Stark. You know, like I can do everything because yeah, well, he knows awesome. he can. But uh, but yeah, like he just overestimates himself and doesn't good. give any time for development. Yeah, and it's also good to see just that um, even though he's going to a school for like super intelligent technical kids, like that whole class body is like that, that they're still at the base level stupid high school yeah. kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really good. Uh, and the last thing before I pass it along, I really liked how they gave him all the superpowers, all the toys, everything in the, in the beginning of the movie. And then they take it away, and that's when he twists. Yeah, that was such a good yeah. thing too. I, I mean, I I like it. I I think one of the reasons why I also enjoy this kind of going off of that last <laughs> point of you're talking about the kind of an origin film, and I'm glad we don't need it. We kind of started with living him having everything, and then he got humble. Oh, so he got good. way more like sort of mature in the span <clears throat> of just the movie alone, kind of knowing that. And uh, I, I, we definitely kind of expanded on that because there's also like a father figure role that I thought was also exactly. super cool. Like still um, some character develop, yeah. development on Tony Stark, which is at yeah. this point you're like, what else do you need to know about him? He's like 20 pictures in. Yeah. No, you yeah. can still... He, he, he now t- he now can yeah. take it to the next level and yeah. I want to get into that like generational sort of gap of what I was uh, going to talk about. But uh, Brylin, Yes. Uh, tell me some wins about this movie. 
Uh, one of my favorite things about this movie was just the subtle nuances they had for Spider-Man as a character, whereas uh, if he's swinging from a web after he jumps off the web, it's just dangling right there. Yeah, you can see that behind you. Small so, thing, yeah. but that was cool. Nice little detail there. And they kept it and, consistent all throughout the movie. Cool. <laughs> and the answer one of my favorite things is like, how does Spider-Man swing in the suburbs and he doesn't. <laughs> he, he has to run down the street. And that was like one of the best action scenes ever because it was funny as hell, but also really awesome to see how he handled like out of his natural element of swinging among the skyscrapers yeah. as well. I would say even um, uh, going on to that point, like for right now, if you haven't necessarily seen this movie, you probably want to pause. We would be actually talking about tons of spoilers and things that probably gonna ruin you so i would say take a second about maybe five to ten seconds pause it go watch the film come on back and then you can review resume our podcast of spider-man awesome so uh another great one i think is just the story's theme overall is just about what it takes to be a great hero and um, and go over and get beyond like the selfish selfishness of just wanting to be cool and be noticed. And I think it's really telling when you see Tony Stark, who we've seen in past Avenger movies, he's been kind of the catalyst that bucks up a little because of his selfishness and causes a lot of havoc in the world. That he's trying his damnedest to be um, a mentor to this kid and be better than what he's been because he knows. What happens when you go down that path and I mean Peter doesn't really learn from that but it's really cool to see at the very end when he realizes what he needs to be to be Spider-Man when he's fighting Vulture that his concern is not to beat Vulture but to just make sure he stops from stealing and also even protect his life yeah as well I do like that that was like a big thing of this guy hates me, this guy wants me dead, this guy has been trying to kill me for this long time now that I know who he is, and he's connected to this girl who I have like the best crush on, I still have a duty, right, to, to save a life. Because, like, at least in his eyes, I felt like he was nobody needed to die. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, as always, I appreciate it. Jesse, what you got for some wins? Um, I think one of my favorite thing with superheroes is when you see like a day in a life of superheroes. So there was like that first kind of like third of the movie where he's like going around, and he's like rescuing like you know somebody's stolen bike, yeah, and like little things like that. And he screws up trying to like stop somebody from breaking into a car, and they're like, "Well, it's my car." And it's just <laughs> seeing like that little montage. It there were so many times in this movie where I was like, "Man, I wish I could just pause it, rewind it, like." Just 30 seconds just so I could rewatch the sequence again. Mm, yeah. Like, for example, there was, when he, like, goes through and starts, like, web-slinging the boat together, I, like, look down and I see him doing all these crazy spirals and then I have to look over and, like, look what he's doing and I'm like, I bet I just missed a ton of really cool, like, just character motion there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I wish I could just rewind it just to see that look, because there's too much to, like, yeah. really take it all in. Yeah. Um, Does it so, in that moment a little bit longer? Is always like, oh yeah, and like those were the the things that I'm I'm thinking of just because I know other people are gonna talk want to talk about like Mike Keaton and like that was all interesting and and the other thing too is like the Marvel mythos them being able to bring in just you know they had two shockers they had uh, the Tinkerer they had like Scorpion makes a cameo just bringing in all these bits and it didn't feel like 
shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a comic book fan, like, they didn't make it blatantly obvious either. They were like, oh, like, one of the shockers is wearing, like, a mock shocker costume. And you're like, oh my god, that's so cool. But, like, nobody else would really, like, I don't know. It's just a little, yeah. very much acknowledging where they came from. I picked right? up on it. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, tapped one Yeah. Oh my God, he's, wearing, he's wearing the shocker uh, outfit, and then he gets zapped, and I was like, "All right, maybe not." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, Kyle, want to continue? For sure. Uh, a win that I liked is uh, like we said, like you don't need to tell the origin story, and I like how they didn't beat the dead horse, or in this case, dead uncle, phrase of it, and just like. Oof. Uncle Ben is like implied just once by like, ah, well, oh man, I just can't do this after what she's been through. Yeah. And that's about that's it. Enough. Otherwise, like, it's more about just like, well, he's a teenager, he's overeager, he's figured out these powers, he's had this amazing opportunity with the Avengers and everything. So it's just playing it from a whole new angle. So you, it just feels very fresh. A new, like, take on Spider Man just because we've now twice been told the tale. And, of course, it's very important, but it's the same thing with, like, I mean, well, you know, how in Batman vs. Superman, they're like, cool, don't tell, all right, here's a little bit of the origin story, but you can't help but fall back on that laurel of he lost his parents, and that's a big character moment. But it seems like movies so far for the Batman character can't get away from that. They were able to get away from it. Like, it's only, I mean, it was alluded to mm-hmm. in Civil War, and even more lightly alluded to. It's more about Peter Parker and figuring out his place in the world and mostly a teenager, yeah, overconfident, super ego, and trying to do that. So I, I actually appreciate that they didn't just throw in there like, this is the root of my pain and my like, character <coughs> conflict. Like, instead, he had new pain. He had new conflict. He had to figure out new things about himself without being like, it all goes back to this. And it's, it's nice to not have like that deeply rooted story that I just hear from three different angles. I, I would say that uh, I thought it was impressive, and they've done this before in past movies, but they they did it well in this one, that the biggest point of struggle was not, I have to live up to my uncle's like expectations, it was uh, I have to somehow navigate the world between Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene where he's looking down at all of his classmates, including like I mean, I don't know, we've all had high school crushes. Can you imagine just, like, hanging out in some, like, crazy adventure, you know, and, like, you said no to go do something else? Like, yep. how many of us could have done that mm-hmm. at that age? I um, went to an all-guys school, so I was always... <laughs> so, yeah. like we said, when Andrew was, was sitting there looking down at his crush in a swimming suit... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, but, the, uh, so, I really thought that they did a, a great job, because you're right, they, they did a great job of uh, fixating on Spider-Man versus Peter Parker rather than Uncle Ben, and that was the point of contention. Um, that Again, they did it in, I think it was Spider-Man 2, did a good job bouncing between the two lives, but they they really captured that in this one as well. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm super pumped. Uh, Andrew, Abbott, what you got for wins? Uh, I got a few. I mean, a lot of you guys have already touched on them. Um, one thing that I know they've done in other Marvel movies that I think is really cool with this one is like they don't start like here's Peter, here's Spider Man. They start with the bad guys, and so they introduced you know Vulture, they introduced Tinker, they introduced all these guys right off the bat, and they give you some really solid motivations for why they do what they do and how they get to where they are when the movie actually starts cooking. 
And I think that's really great because especially a guy like Michael Keaton, like after he was in like Birdman and then years ago when he was Batman, like you see him now as Vulture and you're like, shit, this guy knows what he's doing at this point and he's going to be bad. Yeah. yeah he that, is and he's awesome. That was really cool is that you're just watching some blue collar Joes be Get contracted to do a cleanup job and it's just like, and the they're like the most New York New Yorkers and then the well, government comes in and takes their job away. Well, but like it was also perfect. relatable too where like... Yeah. So, compared to that, compared to this to one of the worst Marvel movies, Malachis' motivations make absolutely no sense. <laughs> I have no relationship to a space elf from four billion years ago. Like, I, I just, yeah, that's not, that's not my backstory, you know. But I, I've certainly been, like, at a place where I've been kind of screwed over for money or screwed over for work, and then you, you harbor ill feelings towards the person that done, did that And to you, you steal alien technology. Yeah, and then you use it to rob banks. But, yeah. you know, uh, in, not incriminating at all. Um, so I think that that really, it grounded that character. And, and this is what works in these movies, like Civil War, I thought really worked. Uh, Batman vs Superman really worked because my mom's ha- name happens to be Martha. Oh. But uh, <laughs> where you, if you can, uh, uh, wait, if you can, just you. <laughs> We're friends now. If you can, if you can, uh, if you can get the audience on the bad guy side, it makes for a better movie. Yes. Um, and so you, I could really feel for him. Yeah. And I could understand that, and like his. His motivation on like Malekith that just he just wanted to like ah, I guess I'll end the universe including myself so I guess I, it's like a suicide thing whatever <laughs> um, it was literally just for his kids and uh, you know again I think all of your parents for the most part want to see their kids succeed and do better than they did yeah and that's that really is like a, a great motivation but also one thing that I feel that <clears throat> it made you, or at least me, made it even more believable was when they actually figure out who they were. It was just, dude, just walk away. Let me do my thing. You do your thing. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, it was very respectful. No, no. <laughs> it was almost like a business transaction. Yeah, it was like, like yeah. do your thing. Yeah. I'll it was do like, my thing. We'll go bro, I get it. Yeah. You, you, you have powers. You want to do your thing. But I want to do my thing too. Let's just walk away. Even yeah. even in that scene, I really felt like that was a that showed that he had a lot of knowledge just as a villain. Yeah. In that that moment, he that moment that writing and the directing in that scene was, oh my gosh! The entire audience was like, yes. You know why? Because if I was in that situation, I would have made the same fucking correlation. Well, that's what Jesse said. Was, Jesse said that he was a very intelligent guy. Yeah, right. Well, one I was thing I was say. thinking about too in that scene, he pulls a gun out and puts it behind the seat rest never once actually points it at Peter. Mm. It's more of a defensive move in case Peter attacks him in the car. Also, it's very consistent to his behavior in that scene with who that character is, right? You said that you're supposed to be able to sympathize with these villains. This is someone who was down on their luck. You know, capitalism ruined him that moment, so he he went to dealing with weaponry. Um, But in that moment, you know, you have this... (laughs) There's a moment where you realize that the whole reason why he wants that to stop there and then isn't because he's afraid of fighting Spider-Man or because of what am I doing his business. He wants to keep his daughter safe, mm-hmm. and he's like, if if like like she's like like linked up with this kid, um, I don't want this to have to go to anything violent whatsoever because who who knows how that will affect her. Um, and I just thought it was really consistent with the fact that he's not 
he's a, he's the antagonist, but he's justified in a lot of ways, and yeah. he's being honest whenever he says, "I'm doing this for my family." And yeah, and it's really awesome. Like you see him with his high tech shit on, but even at the very end, he's still just a thief. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going even beyond that to be like a super villain. Yeah, he's, he's not assassinating actually, people. Actually, that's like he's just trying to point. take them yeah. from the like from the rich. I, I think, think that it was like one line. This one box, and we're set for life. So that was also something. That's all that they were think, trying to do. I think they also drove home the point that there was. So I f- I forget who's gonna mention it later, but uh, the separation of like the hero fighting the villain, and I can let whoever that is chime in more. But I think that. It really, he was the analog to Tony Stark, not to Spider-Man. And that was a really interesting dynamic where he was really the dark yang of Stark, where dark he Stark. was, he was like a, he was, he was the father figure for Liz and you could, you could see they had the exact same relationship. Like, hey, I don't want anything to happen to my daughter. I don't want anything to happen to my Peter. Uh, like, I, I really... Just like, you know, if they, they neither of them wanted to be overextended. Neither of them wanted uh, their quote-unquote kids uh, to be like in any sort of public eye. They just wanted to do their own thing. And then raise this person to be the best individual they could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the struggle of the child versus the father figure was was pretty cool and interesting to watch. And that, if I can if I can jump back in, one of the things that um, I've sort of noticed based on like what we've been talking about is there's this overall theme of like development and maturity. And the more that I've thought about it, it's like the other Spider-Man movies, he gets his powers, we go over the origin stuff, Uncle Ben dies, and then he learns how to control everything in a montage. Mm-hmm. This movie, it's the whole movie, he's still learning things. Not only is he learning his powers, but he's also trying to figure out the suit that Stark gives him. He has no idea what's going on. It takes him the whole movie, and still at the end of the movie, he's still fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. Like, he still doesn't know what he's doing. But also, like, Tony Stark is a dude with daddy issues suddenly playing father to this yeah. fatherless kid. <laughs> We don't hear Uncle Ben's name at all. We don't hear with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, that's a good point. Never yeah, there's once. a lot of things that are absent from these other movies that are replaced by this like weird like character development for everybody. Like Peter, Tony Stark, well, Vulture at the end of the movie where it's like, oh shit, like he's going to give him up and he's going to tell everybody that he knows who he is. And he's like, nope, that one's mine. I'm keeping it for myself. He could have just easily blew up his spot. Yeah. So yeah, I think everybody's sort of evolving throughout this entire movie. Speaking of the evolution of, like, Tony Stark now, like, forced into the father figure role, uh, I'd like to say, point out, it's a great evolution where Parker is literally begging to be an Avenger. He has several moments where he's like, oh, God, I sound like my dad. Yep. He right. says that, like, three or five times. Well, no, no, so, so I want to I go, so, like, Parker starts off the movie, like, hey, I'm an Avenger, I'm an Avenger, I'm an Avenger, I'm in the Stark internship program, like, I gotta give you an Avenger. And then, at the end, it's, it's like, kind of ham-fisted, but he, t- he turns it down, you know, which is like, oh, there. The, point, the point is that, like, Stark was forced into that father role <clears throat> that he clearly had no idea on. Like, it's, this movie is a spiritual successor to Iron Man 3, where the hero loses his suit and figures out that the suit isn't the one who defines him. Like, it's seriously, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, uh, Spidey was thinking, well, the only reason I really could steal Cap's shield is because I had this crazy cool suit that can do all these crazy things. And then he finds out, well, no, I can save my city if 
just because of who I am. I mean, you can do a lot of things yeah. in sweatpants. Exactly. Yeah. I do so everything in sweatpants. <laughs> so, I, but it's it's one of those... Uh, but the, the other thing I want to say is at the very end when Stark was like, yeah, that was like this that I was trying to teach you. He's like, yeah, that's... You know, he's kind of... That's part of it is everybody's sort of learning lessons. Right, exactly. And they show that Stark wasn't the perfect mentor, that he, he clearly... At the end of the movie, they weren't this finalized human being. They were still in development, which most of these films you see the end result is the finalized human being, which makes it really hard to pick up a sequel because where do you go on the perfect character? Yeah. This one's like, yeah, I can, I know where the sequel's going to go. Yeah. You're going to oh, continue to develop it. Yeah. yeah, because now he goes into like, uh, you know, high school to like college. You can talk about like love and like difficulties and like choosing between like love and like work and per- like it's got, it, there's a lot of complexities that makes right, it interesting exactly. just showing how someone grows up it doesn't have to be a boy or a girl or however you necessarily would like to call yourself saying that now you guys are saying about the sequel how they dropped that MJ camp camp it's not really even a cameo but is they it? make you realize who MJ is yeah the reveal fuck that is so good yeah. I was gonna say one of my one of my big wins <coughs> so good uh, is is the last five minutes like you had you know, what is it four or five big reveals yeah you it, had, it wraps things up in a very Exciting way. Yeah, at the MJ, which, uh, you know, I was like, oh my god, oh my god. You had, um... Which you already loved that character. Yeah, she was By so that cool. Point, yeah. You already yeah, she, loved she her. She was so fun. You she had, taught um, me so much. The, the Washington Monument was built by slaves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have the, shit. You have the really questionable, questionable Iron Spider, which for, uh, again, speaking of comic book nerds, you, you know, we've been waiting to see this suit for, well... I guess never because he's never interacted with another Marvel superhero, but whatever. Um, you had Aunt May actually finding out, which what you know, like that's 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 like end game, you know, results on these sort of films, and here they are dropping it in the first film, and then uh, the classic Captain America reveal that he knows that you're watching for nothing. Mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow is, is back together with Iron Man doing that. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about her. That was awesome. That was I a re- really nice surprise. Yeah. Blue, any other wins? Yeah, um, I think so. I think we talked about how it was very awkward. Like, they were 15 year olds actually seeming like 15 year olds. Um, they. How dare they? I, I know, I know. Um, I thought they really extended the universe very well. Like, we've been talking about this and we've mainly been talking about Stark. Um, and then, like, the ancillary, uh, Spider-Man villains, but they made a lot of references to, like, a lot of other things. Like, subtly, they, they hinted that Tony wasn't quite done with Steve. You know, the prototype, which I'm slowly getting absolutely hyped about. Like, I, I was like, oh yeah, so they're gonna talk again. Oh yeah, because they're producing Infinity War. I want to see what the shield looks like yeah. right now. Like, yeah. you know, like the prototype of that, you know, Thor's belt, uh, apparently like a, a new Hulkbuster uh, outfit. Yeah. Like, you know, they really had a lot of these, like, without busting out the big guns of like Oscorp or, um, uh, what is it, Doc Ock or like any of these big things, they really extended that universe. I thought um, it was paced very well. Uh, it just, like, I think you're most of this, it just went one scene to the next and didn't feel rushed, but it also just, like, logically followed everything. Um, two last things. Uh, the first is that it felt like New York. 
where they race bent a lot of these characters and you could see like it was an inner city Brooklyn school. Like there was black people, there was Asian people. There was, yeah, yeah, bro, sorry, I got the wrong borough. Um there was brown people. Uh, like it was it it there was even white people, shocker. Oh, wow. Um so <laughs> well, the white and black shocker. Yeah, in, yeah. In an ever gentrifying. Yeah. yeah, but so it, it didn't it didn't feel it felt authentic to a high school experience. You know, I guess if you could say, like, a, the CEO, CEO board, like, an Iron Man one, like, fair enough. Like, I guess predominantly that's going to be white if anything has taught us. And we're trying to break that mold, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but you could not have an inner-city New York school without showing some sort of diversity. And kudos for doing that. Yeah, uh, my last win uh, was that they broke the fourth wall. Finally, after 15 movies, 14 movies, um, Captain America's, uh, like, end thing was Uh, unbelievable. Like, they started that, like, they started such a movement of mid and post-credit scenes that DC had to come out and say, we will not do this because we are not Marvel. And so here they are finally coming out being like, yeah, we got nothing. Why are you still here? <laughs> Go home. Yeah. But the Captain America PSAs were also some of the best comedy moments. Yeah, they, yeah. they, those were sprinkled in so perfectly in a lot of different moments to say that the, uh, you, you've seen this video and clearly the gym or whatever, the multi-use teacher is like, hey, yeah, so I have to put this in, which is Hannibal Burris, which is also hilarious. This is really Love that guy. It was, it was great. <laughs> Your gym teacher right here and just how he like smiled yeah. and when he says, I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal yeah. now. Pretty sure he's a war criminal. So you're in detention now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a couple of things that I wouldn't necessarily say before I hand this over to uh, the Mocha Mike was uh, I just like a lot of these moments that we had a chance, much like Jesse was talking about, just like hanging with the characters. I think. Um, to add to the bit of the awkwardness, like, the relationship between Peter and Ned, like, how that necessarily grows, because if your best friend finds that you're a superhero, they're going to try to do as much as you can, but, um, as much as they can, and I, I really like the fact that he really wanted to try to help him. Uh, at one point, it was like, hey, I want to make sure I don't spoil this, but I also want to help you, because that's this is the coolest thing ever. Um, I think it really kind of got a lot of the, motiv- mo- the motivations of, if you're a 15-year-old superhero and your best friend's the same, like, that's exactly how that friendship will go. Um, so we had a chance to just spend a lot of time with them, um, talking to themselves and kind of finding a lot of stuff out. Um, and just this, just even, like, the relationships that was necessarily built, like, much like Abbott and uh, Bradley was talking about of, you see a lot of father figure, and you see the, the fact that Tony's father was an alcoholic, and he felt that he had, he was basically, well, Tony's father, like, drank a lot in, like, portrayed in the movies, as Tony also does, too. And, um... Like, it was portrayed that he never really had a good relationship with his father at all. And we know that. We now know that through the entire movies. And now we now know that, you know, his father was killed by Bucky and this whole other stuff what? that we necessarily get in that. Oh, spoiler <laughs> alert from four years ago. Uh, so the fact that now uh, it's flipping the script of Tony being like a father figure and trying to do like be better. And I just like the small bits of dialogue that they use of, oh, I'm sounding like my father. He literally are saying things that like um, Blue was talking about, he learned from the first movie. He He's now learned from the five movies he's been in as... Five, now six, yeah. Movies he's been in, seven. Sorry, movies he's been in at, uh, as a... There's probably more, whatever. As uh, Tony Stark. So I think that was extra people. 
Mocha, want to finish us off with the wins? Yeah, sure. So, you know, everyone's made a bunch of really good points. I want to get a little specific with my wins. Um, first off was, like, huge shout-out to, shout to Marvel for finally breaking free of the trend that people have called him out for movie after movie, which is pitting a hero against a mirror of that hero in its first outing. Um, we've seen it so many times. Ant-Man versus Yellow Jacket. Iron Man versus Obadiah Stain, Hulk versus Abomination, um, Doctor Strange versus Kaecilius, and what they did, did with Spider-Man was they took a character that was very, very different in terms of function and form from, from Peter Parker, and made him into, um, but still made him someone that acted as a proper foil. You know, you have the battle between young and old, you know, between Peter being 15 and him being, you know, father of the family. You have someone who's jaded with life uh, or jaded by life in the vulture versus a kid who's still super optimistic because he hasn't really experienced much of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you have two characters that both rely entire, almost entirely on technology to be how, like, who, they, who they are as heroes or villains, um, despite them being very different in how they approach that technology. Um, I just thought that was really well thought out and well planned and made for a really interesting antagonist throughout. Um, moving further on that point as well, and I mentioned this in the promo, but shout out to Marvel as well for like taking the Vulture, who in the comics is literally just a geriatric in a skin tight suit with wings <laughs> who flies around and kicks Spider Man in midair, um, and making him into probably what I would I would argue as one of the top three coolest villains in the entire MCU. Mm-hmm. The visual redesign yeah. was 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 crazy good. He looks so cool. Um, I mentioned earlier in our in our previous chat that. I would have never thought of uh, running a concept of the Vulture as with a like a jet pilot theme. Um, you know, he had that awesome bomber jacket with the ruffles. He had an actual like fighter pilot mask underneath the actual technology, and it was just, it was just so cool and added a lot of vitality to a character that otherwise was just a middle aged dude. Yeah. You know, middle aged blue collar. I dude. couldn't help but think back to like the animated series and the video games where just like an old man who just has that feathered collar because mm-hmm. it makes him look like the bird. Yeah. Instead it was like that jacket, I was like, I never would have thought of that. That's a really cool way to interpret it. Yeah. <laughs> it almost had like a weird like steampunk rocketeer vibe to it too. Yeah, definitely yeah. that that brown leather jacket. Yeah, and you know, he was he was more <laughs> than just a one trick pony, you know, he when he fought, he was super intense every time he showed up on screen. He used every advantage he could, whether that be dragging Spider-Man up to an unreasonable height in order to, you know, like, throw him off his balance, or remote piloting his wings to affect his environment instead of attacking Peter himself. Uh, you know, he fought in as many different ways as he could. It was just as scrappy as Peter was. And I thought that it was, like, it was an awesome, an awesome pair-up. Um, I was really, really impressed with what they did there. As well as with the other villains, too. You know, they reconceived of, you know, villains like, like the Shocker. Um, in really cool modern ways that I, I definitely appreciated. Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton was intense in hell. Oh, yeah, he was fantastic. Like, he was great. Even when they, I mean, when you find out he's Liz's dad, that's like probably the most intense <sighs> moment in those games. That was the best part. Of it. Yeah, when he when he opens the door and Peter has to walk in and be cool while he realizes that the yeah. person who's been trying to kill him all this time is his, is his crush's dad. And he it wasn't was, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was intense. It was almost like a horror movie feel where you just know that if that guy knows, like, finds out what he knows, 
that he's just gonna snap and try to find a way to kill the kid. That was the other thing too, is like he was super smart that he put it all together in the car ride back. So yeah, like yeah. he was able to just piece it all together. Oh well, that, that guy that just uses his brain and reasonable yeah. deduction. He just was like, oh yeah, well he's he was in DC, you were in DC, like just nah, puts it all together. The one thing I'd say that it was that scene might have been the closest that Marvel's ever gotten to a stylized uh, like color palette. With oh, the yes. light shading, yes. Like they, they've never done anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's usually they just like haven't. here is light, and that's what's happening. Yeah, one of the most impressive, like really subtle details in the entire movie for me was as um, Michael Keaton as the Vulture is driving Peter and his prom date around. He he's talking to them and slowly putting together in his mind who he is. And as they're driving, the lights are passing on his face, and he pulls up to a red light as he makes the realization of that Peter is Spider Man. And you get this villain look on his face when he when you see that he realizes, and the red light glows on his face. So you just get this slight like slight red hue mm-hmm. the entire time that he makes the connection, and then starts talking to Peter knowingly uh, that he's Spider Man. He's someone that he has to kill. And it was just like a, a beautiful, delicate touch that I was really yeah. really impressed with. Um, another cool thing about this movie too, in terms of following trends, um, this was sort of started with Civil War, but I love the fact that Marvel is starting to take a really um, consistent look at the repercussions for the actions of their characters. Yeah. Um, this was started with Civil War, that's what the entire movie was about with the Sokovia Accords, with you know the government trying to make sure heroes were under control. Um, but in this movie they also take a look at, you know, what happens in the fallout from the battle over New York, uh, over Manhattan with the Chitauri invasion. Um, you know, what happens when, as Michael Keaton says in the beginning, the government comes in and or the Avengers, the people who caused damage in the first place, start profiting off of of repairing that damage and what that means for normal people who are just trying to live their lives. Um, and I hope that it remains a consistent uh, theme moving forward throughout the rest of Phase 3 and maybe even into Phase 4 a bit. Because yeah. um, I think it gives a really, it's, it's a really cool take on what's otherwise cheery, happy, we beat the bad guy, let's go home and forget about until the next one, yeah. comic book tropes. I mean, that's why I even enjoyed um, a lot of the like, Age of Ultron because I think they brought that up a lot to the point that, you know, Incredible Hulk and you know, Iron Man just demolishes this place and just completely destroys it. And I think they even said that there has to be some stakes. Like, you are, you have to be accountable for your actions. Yeah. Um, and that movie, I think, was a lot about it and the Sokovia Accords and all that stuff that was going too. But at least you see that now we get the, we get a different perspective of, well, the damage is there. So there's people that's, that need jobs to kind of clean that stuff up. And once they get screwed over, not, not only are they causing all that the bad stuff is happening and not taking responsibility, but then they're still profiting over the fact that people's lives are ruined. Yeah. I think that was an interesting concept to bring up. Yeah, yeah and it's super timely also, just in the sense of, you know, looking at what, at least our world is like today, this movie took a bit, like a, like a serious, or a serious enough for a comic movie look at what does it mean when, like, the lower or the middle class person is trampled over by by the super wealthy, by the government that doesn't have to care about them because they've got bigger fish to fry, mm-hmm. um, by the very concept of capitalism itself. Um, so I thought it was just like timely as well, without being ham-fisted. Yeah. Mm. And even like Peter's kind of approach to like why he turned down the suit to says, you know, there's people still in my city that needs me. There's nobody's gonna look up for the little guy. Mm-hmm. So and, and I thought it was funny because that was almost a line that Cap uses uh, earlier um, in the universe. And I think that's another thing of. Well, nobody else is going to do it, so I'm going to be, like, the people's hero or, like, the people's champ. There was one other cool win I wanted to bring up real quick. 
which was their use of your standard high school movie tropes. Specifically, like, going to the popular kid's house for a house party. Yeah. Uh, yes. That is, that like, a super big fancy house. And you're that like, was... oh, this crap again. Yeah. But they pay it off so yeah, well. Yeah, that, that was going to be, like, my critique turned win because I was like, ah, oh, that's so not relatable. Like, how does this keep happening? Yeah. But there's a reason why and it's then, a big but then when you find, And then when you return yeah. back to the house, I was like, wait, is it going to be... Like, oh, and that's why she has that house because, oh, and he's realizing it as you yeah. are, and like you're sharing that experience Such with Peter. That was gonna be one where, thing I really wanted to talk about, so I'm glad you pointed that out. Where he's running, and then it's like, oh, this is like that scene in Ferris Bueller. Yeah, and then I, I think they should have taken it deeper, and then there's like, oh, but then this is like those Domino's commercials, they don't stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> and they also had a great, uh, they had a great way of explaining like a modern bully. Yeah, like mm-hmm. in the in the past, it's always been like Flash Thompson in the comics. He's a big athletic jock, and he's always like pressing Peter up against the lockers or something like that. Whereas this Flash Thompson is a half-ass DJ, just loudmouth that just will, he calls him Penis Parker. He calls him <laughs> penis. Yeah, he just like just berates Peter incessantly, and that's why he's a bully. It's not about. Uh, being physically tougher than him. It's more just like, oh, I'm just going to take you down a peg because I can, I'm rich, and I'm still popping my collar even though it's 2017. <laughs> he had two collars. He had two collars. I mean, that's yeah. the only way to do well, it. If you're going to pop one, might as well pop two. Yeah, pop. <laughs> Fun don't stop. Mocha, you want to finish off for the wins before we get into criticism? Yeah, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to wins, and this is more of like a, you know, bird's eye view uh, type of thing. But Vultures? Uh, Vulture review, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm really, really glad that Marvel and Sony, these two giant mega companies, were able to make nice and come to terms over a deal t- for the sake of the character. Mm. Um, for anyone who's listening at home and doesn't really know, a quick rundown is that Sony had bought the le- the movie rights to Spider-Man a couple decades back. Um, now that Marvel is successfully running its MCU. There are certain characters and titles that they don't have access to. Spider-Man was one of them. Um, And in order to get it, essentially, they had to tell Sony that they would do all the work, all the creative work in producing an excellent movie that Sony could rely on being a blockbuster. Um, And Sony would retain... All the really? um, all the revenue from from the, from the uh, box office. What? Where? But Marvel gets all the merchandise merchandising rights. So Marvel needs to take their creative approach in order to make sure that the character is protected and it works in their quilt. What? Sony gets their money, and it works out for both companies and the audience because yeah. this was, in my opinion, the most thoughtful version of Peter Parker's Spider Man. Um, of all the movies that have come out. And I, I do like the Sam Raimi movies, and I don't hate the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, but as someone who's been, who grew up a fan of Spider-Man, this movie felt special in terms of how they approached it. And um, that's awesome to see two companies come to terms like that. One Everybody thing, gets rich. One thing i got to interject on that same note, though, that is interesting for Warren to see, now that you've seen Spider-Man, is Sony also footed the bill for all their advertising. So all of the trailers that you've seen and all the posters that you've seen are all made by Sony. Hmm. So if you look at like some of the really good Marvel trailers, and now that you, you don't have an arm embargo anymore, Warren, you should watch the Spider-Man trailers because they're the worst out of any of oh, them. Oh, yeah, that's Marvel. what I think you... Um, yeah, and Mike also, was actually talking about that. They have, they have the largest uh, summer blockbuster advertisement oh, budget. Yeah. 
it's, and it's, that's it's all Sony. Bill. It's all like they they literally drop Spider Man. His Spider Man could be drinking a Coke, watching an Apple, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, on a MacBook. They it's got weird. that. Yeah. They, they they completely had that commercial. Yeah, and all of the posters too have been not up to snuff. Yeah, been great. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. nah. Marvel, <laughs> not, Marvel quite, not quite the Black Panther. Yeah, Marvel doesn't like... do Marvel doesn't do posters very well. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Um, yeah, but yeah, watch, I almost got to watch the trailers this year. This yeah. year. Did you see the Mondo Spider Man poster though? That one was dope. It's like fully illustrated. It's beautiful. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully this, um, hopefully Spider will be super successful for uh, not only for us as viewers but also for both companies, and that will be an impetus for Fox to stop fucking around with the Fantastic Four. Well, I- I'm super excited. I'm, I'm very strange. glad. Uh, mm. I learned uh, so much just from like li- listening to you. That I really, I really love the fact that we can all talk about and share all of our wins because they're all going to be different. So I'm super, super glad that we can uh, have this in um, person. But at some point. Not all movies are perfect, so uh, I'm interested to hear. You know, let's talk about some criticism or things. Some things that just probably just didn't work for us, and that's just probably going to get into a bit of debates because I know that people have some conflicting ideas here. So I'm super excited uh, to talk about Brylan. What's some things that didn't work? Uh, I would say like the big uh, criticism I have for it is uh, some of the CG work, especially in the beginning on the New York rooftops was pretty shoddy. I mean, it, you could definitely tell that Spider-Man was kind of a ragdoll animated character a lot of times when he was jumping rooftop to rooftop. Um, and on top of that, what made it kind of worse was there were some shots that just didn't really work for me. There's like this one scene where it just pulls back to like, let's show the biggest, greatest New York City rooftop scene ever. And you have little tiny CG Spider-Man in the corner and he says some type of funny quip and I'm just like, wait a minute, where's... Oh, there's Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah he screwed up, he screwed his web spin and then ate it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, oh. and I, I would love to have seen that a bit more close up so I could tell what was going on. Uh, another thing that really worked for me is when he got tangled up in his parachute, having kind of like the camera inside the parachute with yeah. his head moving around was just really weird and awkward. Yeah. And it uh, was, uh, it just threw me off a bit. It just was confusing. Well, the other thing, I, like, that, I, I definitely kind of agree for that moment because I was hoping that something would, like, malfunction in the suit or so, there's some sort of, like, mechanism in the suit that was like, hey, you can't do this. But it was a little parachute from the suit that causes him to, to almost drown. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's that's kind of weird that that happens, but all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was pretty much my biggest criticism of it. Cool. Uh, criticism, I'm going to toss it over to uh, Guillermo. Um, the, mine is simple. Okay. But complicated for me. Mm. It's, it's, <laughs> the movies <laughs> are so big. <laughs> like, you see Guardians, and it's like a hundred different things happening at the same time. You see... Uh, this one is like big like these are big movies kind of like what Brian was saying it, at, to, at some point you're like you don't know what to look at or no it was Jesse you were saying that you want to rewind certain scenes oh yeah because you want to look back because you're like there's so much things happening um, and I think that the one of the reasons that I really 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 liked uh, Iron Man 1 and Ant-Man was it kind of sort of bring brought it down to a little bit more like just have less craziness um, but that's on. That's the only thing. There's there's a lot on these Marvel movies that are just happening at the same time. But at the same time, that's what makes them really cool because yeah. you have like so many dynamic, and you 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 have characters that have full on use of their powers, 
and they use their powers accordingly to the particular scene um, and you and you have it because you can do crazy things at the same time which is kind of cool but yeah sometimes you're like I don't know what yeah. to look and this is just like or really really fast action that's what I do um, like you know repeat viewings of it I think that is probably going to help but then at the same time a repeat viewing of this movie right that's like then $40 yeah. and it's just like man like should should I be able? It's a, it's a it's a very good point of I'm arguing to the fact that I should be able to notice that in the first viewing, or is it because maybe I'm focused on something too much that there's so many things, so many small things that they can sprinkle around um, that I may not necessarily notice because I think somebody even may maybe missed the fact that you know Stan Lee's cameo, which we didn't mention. I don't think we talked about it in the wins. Uh, that entire yelling, arguing, cross. But it was scene. fun. Though. That was yeah. that entire dial. The fact that they put that in that had really nothing. That was like, fun. It had nothing to do of uh, the movie. It was just something fun of hey, they're in the city, and I think we talked a lot about diversity and like knowing their uh, particular environment was uh, super fun. But that was yeah. really the only one. It's just there's a lot that happens in these movies, and it's 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 cool because it it makes them great, but at the same time is. You almost feel like, ah, oh, shit, should I... You almost yeah. feel bad that you're missing things, yeah. almost, because you know that they they make... They, 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 they try to put in as much fan service as they can, so you almost feel bad that you miss it, just because there's a lot of things happening, but it's what makes them great. Yeah. And I probably felt that the most, actually, when um, the final fight with Vulture on top of the airplane... It was just yeah. all over the place yeah. and couldn't really keep up with yeah. what was going on. It was a bit dark, so... Yeah, it was super yeah, dark. It was very dark to... It, it was dark and they, they implied and they actually sort of put in the fact that the plane has uh, reflective. Yeah. So it's not only dark, but it's reflective, so you can't tell. I, I definitely can kind of see that. I mean, Guillermo, there's a, there's a movie that did it's much worse. You should go watch Transformers last night. Because <laughs> there's a ton of shit that happened in that movie that simultaneously you're like... I I don't know what the fuck I'm watching right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a great movie. I don't know who, what movie we were watching. I told somebody, like, it's incredible that now you can have, you know, you you have in the 70s, you have, like, I don't know, The Godfather, and it was just the, the scenes where, like, these two people talking super, super close, and now you can have battles with gods. Like, it's just, you because you can do that now in film and CG and all these things where it's, like, the scope... There's no end to the scope. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's insane how much you can do. Some people call that a no-scope. A no-scope? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea. But the people who laugh, they they like the jokes. So. They're just tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, criticisms. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Um, you know, at first I thought... Like, I do, don't get me wrong, I love the movie, but the further I get away from it, even though we're like an hour or two away from having seen it... Um, being a Spider-Man purist, there are some things that I can nitpick at. Um, one of the things was, like, you know, I read some articles where Tom Holland was so happy of doing his own stunts, but a lot of it just did really seem like, I don't know if that's him in the suit. Yeah. A lot of it sounds like he just did, like, voiceover work, so I don't trust that kid. He did a great job <laughs> in the Peter Parker roles, but I don't think that's really him. And so there were, there were scenes where, like, Spider-Man's really far off, but you hear the voiceover, like, he's, like, the same distance from the camera or the microphone or whatever he's doing. And, like, he still emotes very well, but I wanted to see more of the eyes. Like, they, they made us, they made, you know, they stressed the fact that those eyes were going to be very emotive, and I think they could have stressed that more so. Yeah. But on the other side of that coin, 
the fact that he had this crazy technologically advanced suit kind of bugged me a little bit and that, you know, he was talking to his suit, like, he did all this, like, wackadoo stuff and, like, as cool as that was, like, I wanted, like, old school Spider-Man with his suit. This is the closest to looking the way that I've always wanted it to look. It was great, but there were too many bells and whistles on the inside. Going back to what Brian was talking about, the part with the parachute, in the comics when Vulture does take him up high, like, in one of their original encounters and drops him, Spider-Man improvises a parachute out of web, like, out of nowhere, like, just... Cr and it seems like crazy, schlocky comic book stuff, but I almost would have preferred that than, like, some parachute shooting out of his butt. Where did that come from? That's a skin-tight costume. Where was he yeah. keeping that? It was, that? That, it was the back back spy, It was a spider Like, the drone came out of the spider Still, like that was like, 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 you have to pack Star a parachute tech, into Star that... Tech. Yeah, I mean... He's building a shield on a planet. I'm sure you can fit a parachute into a tiny spider. <laughs> I did, I did, I dig all the technology, but there's part of me that just wants like you know there hasn't been like this was like a 98% perfect Spider-Man. I I totally get where you're coming from as like a Spider-Man purist. I grew up reading Spider-Man comics. They're one of the first things that I started reading when I was a kid. Um, but what I did like about this movie, and I think uh, looking at this perspective gives it a bit of leeway, is that they did a good job with this movie of blending a lot of different elements of Spider-Man, like original Spider-Man, 616, yeah. current Peter Parker as like the head of Parker Industries, 616, and even a little bit of my, of the of the ultimate Peter yep. Parker, like 1610 uh, universe. They blend a lot of different elements to sort of give us a, like a fresh take on, on how it went, which yeah. I'm fine with because, you know, Spider-Man origin stories are a little long in the tooth at this point, even for, you know, super fans like us. Um, but I didn't mind it, you know, seeing Stark um, give him access to all this spider tech was a cool allusion to the fact that when he grows up in the comics, he, through a series of events, um, starts a company called Parker Industry, at Industries and uses this R&D team to make crazy spider tech as well. Parker Industries was technically started by Doc Ock. No, no, it absolutely was. We can, we can get into <laughs> we, that. I was getting the viewers at home from some confusion. <laughs> but don't get me wrong, like, I love, I love but still, the Tark. That's who he is today. Like, he's yeah. just tech, tech in that way. And so I thought it was a nice blend in that sense. Yeah, the Stark-Peter uh, relationship is great, so much more so than the Stark- Random little kid in Iron Man three oh, relationship. Fuck that. Oh fuck yeah. that! Guy. <laughs> that guy sucks so I've bad. I've still only seen Iron Man three once, and I never want to see it. Uh, I talk about him so often. He's just so he's such a terrible. It was the same kid in Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, it's Jurassic World. Who was the same kid in the Nice Guys? He sucks in all his movies. I hope that ninety nine percent of the time children oh, ruin movies. Nice I hope that kid tries to make his own Iron Man armor, and it like crunches him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trash compactor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just like, now to use that Spider-Man tightening technology. <laughs> just make me look real. <laughs> <laughs> too tight. Too tight. Oh, there go my nips. Uh, Blue it. What'd you get for some uh, criticisms? Two things. Yeah. Uh, no Sokovia Accords for Peter. They even mentioned it in class. There was no... I thought that would have been an interesting dynamic to be like, well, he's getting a little bit more recognizable, and no one came to put a clamp down on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, that would have been the next the next step once Tony Stark introduced him to the world. Like that's part. Of, I I imagine that that was part of the reason why he was introducing him to the public because he was after becoming an Avenger, he would have yeah. to so, sign on to this well, Corps. No, but a, they could have they could have talked about it in the middle of the film when he was doing all the things. Like because he he literally like had a foot race through, which was a nice homage to Captain America: Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. uh, a foot race along the 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 reflection pool. Yeah. Um, but bear in mind too that like that's something that Tony was trying to 
keep him out of as well. Right. You know, by telling right. stay low key, stay close. But to the I ground. think they could have driven that further home by saying, "Stay down to earth," because if you don't, you have to sign these accords that will make you public, and your hot aunt does. Mm. You don't want her to find out. <laughs> yeah, um, so I think they could have driven that mm. home. The other thing that I want to say is that I think they underpowered the spidey sense. Yeah. Um, oh, they, that's a good point. I was going to mention that. It doesn't exist. Yeah, because yeah, like, they did a great job in Civil War of, like, they had the one scene where the eyes blow up, and then he ducks, and then the, you know, car door goes through the, the roof, where, like, he was he was getting blindsided left and right. And so I, I... They got all the gadgets and gizmos right, but, like, that's such an integral part of... Spiders don't have that sort of sense, naturally, but somehow that's part of his character. Um, and I would have loved to have seen that, especially at the end when they stripped all the, like, all of the, uh, the fancy toys, if they really brought it down to, like, you have this sense and super strength, yeah. go do it. Spiders totally have that sense. Have you ever seen a spider on your wall turn around to get a shoe and then turn back and it's fucking gone? That's because that spotty sense is like, that gigantic creature is getting the shit and the fuck out of here. One of the best ways I've heard Spider-Man's spider sense described, though, is that he can sense, like, the web of around him. So if something's being moved, he can sense, like, the pulling of the strings of those <laughs> items. Yeah, they there was a actual, like, statement done by, maybe it was Kevin Feige, or maybe it was someone else on the creative team, very recently, and it was about like, how they intentionally didn't want to focus on Spider-Sense for this movie. Mm. Um, they wanted to focus on other aspects of his character. Um, I do think that it's, you know, I would love to see more of that because that's one of my favorite things about Spider-Man. Um, you know, his, that he has to use his super, like, his agility as reactionary to these, like, this, these um, senses that he gets about incoming danger. Um, but I do think that, I don't think that because they didn't necessarily talk about it that it wasn't there. You know, his reflexes, his ability to dodge every single one of those blasts of like purple death ray that shot that gun while he was like like shooting it down like that yeah. to me screams spider sense yeah. he's just yeah. reacting boom 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 yeah. boom I, and like, I, will say, I will just say they Shit. i think they did a better job of uh leaning on peter parker's ability rather than spider-man's that they showed off his like true mechanical like intelligence yeah like he was yeah. an he was an engineering student and they really showed that off yeah also he's still kind of going through like the puberty <laughs> so you don't know when he's done with that he could have like more criminal one said body is changing right now <laughs> right now a spider sense goes off in the middle of the night and he has to change his sheets no man but like that's a like it's an assumed thing like where i watch him dodging he's like yeah of course he knows that's happening Spider-Man. Until you pointed out that it was like, well, yeah, but no, that's never been explained that he has those powers. You just assume that, knowing the character as, like, fans, like we all are, like, well, of course, yeah, he knows when danger's coming. But it's never been, like, it's even hinted at in this, like, series of Spider-Man. That's yeah. a huge component of his character that's not been, like, at all explained. Yeah. Cool. Jesse, what you got? Um, I'm going to second Brylon on CGI, especially in the movie first started it got better as the movie progressed but i was like wow you can really see the strings on this one during the first bit i've got a weird couple plot points though that like really bothered me like for example why did they go to dc like 
that really, it had no bearing on the plot whatsoever. Like they could have easily gone to the New York City Mu- National Museum. Well, the bearing on the plot was that it forced Spider-Man to have to hack the spider suit in order to be able to leave the state without being tracked. Because yeah, when he leaves the state, he finds out that he's being tracked. Also, so that's still the path of chasing. Still a shoehorn. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, no, it was closer to Maryland. But it was a great way to put him on the Washington Monument. No, really. Like, they wanted to have a set piece. But he was on the Empire State Building. Yeah, but I guess. Sure. Get him out of New York, though. I think they also was showing that there's like a highly there. We're gonna get back to that area. There's a highly secure facility that's in Washington somewhere. That this is where they're taking all those particular kind of weapons. Yeah, I wanted to hear so, more about damage control. Yeah, yeah. That I, think that, I think I think that's the damage control ever since Avengers one. Yeah, yeah. because I think so what's gonna happen truthfully that. is he's trying to pull the door open and doesn't work, so he ends up hacking it later on in one of these movies. Somebody's gonna blast through that door because they're too powerful. I guess it is setting the standard. That's what this was. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's where the truck ended up. That's cool. Um, which is weird that you know none of those truck drivers heard any of that shit happening in the back. I'm also yeah. gonna <laughs> second uh, Abbott on this. There was just too much Iron Man in my Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Like the suit was a little too over the top. Yeah. Like and even at the end too, after he had gone back to Oh Natural, I I just kind of hoped that he would be like. No, I don't need all this tech. It's like, no, we're putting back on the exact same suit we had before. That sucks. I'm kind of pissed about that. Yeah. And I wanted to see him put on, like, maybe, like, a newer variant. Kind of like how they change Iron Man's outfit every other movie. Just do a new costume that's, like, not all the bells and whistles. I I mean, kind of even echoing on that Abbott's point, I, I would rather go for something that's more creative. Like, you give me a creative way to use the web that you developed besides a technology way that gives me over 570 types of yeah different shots and like the robot that talks to him in his head I'm like and kill mode yeah kill mode which by the way was a throwback to the I forget the comic but it's like Spider-Man kills the Marvel Universe oh yeah yeah because the eyes do the little red dots and that's totally what why do you keep doing that Assassin Spider-Man is but those are really my two big ones and I kind of sat there and as I was watching the movie I'm like why did they go to DC yeah because especially since Spider-Man is such a New York street level yeah. superhero. I think, I think uh, yeah. I'll also, I think, I think, I do think you're right in that sense. Um, and that felt a little out of place, but I will say from argument that another aspect of them leaving DC, which was, uh, was to reinforce the fact for Spider-Man that he was out of his league. He was super arrogant and super childish about wanting to play with the big dogs, wanting to be an Avenger, wanting to be taken seriously by Tony Stark. And he kept, he kept overreaching and, like, leaving DC, everything about that trip was a shit show for him. Like, there wasn't anything good except for him barely saving his friends' lives and, and getting stuck inside that, that warehouse. Like, all these different things, kept getting beaten by the vulture, um, or at least, like, knocking himself out. He was out of his elements entirely. Well, now you're making me think, too, because at one point he says, oh, this is the highest I've ever been. Yeah. You never actually get a good moment of Spider-Man swinging through Manhattan from building to building. There's never any of that moment, because he's mostly in Queens just walking around the neighborhood. Exactly, yeah. He's still super young and and (coughs) very, very arrogant about where he should be, and that change of face was to show him that. Also, Mike, you had a good point. You mentioned playing with the big dogs. I think a criticism of mine is that there should have been more dogs in the movie. Yeah, it's really cute. Also, bigger. Yeah, a cat. Yeah, a cat. Maybe a mouse. Yeah, the cat was pretty. Yeah, a bodega cat. Yeah, Yeah, a bodega cat. Yeah, bodega cat. It's not a real bodega. Well, it's not anymore. It blew up. Thanks, Kyle. (laughs) 
No? Did you, oh, so you didn't watch the post-credits when it was rebuilt by the spiderwebs. That's how they wrapped up the story. Well, last two hours. By the spiderwebs, it was like, stood back up and now a grocery store again. Or were you too confused by the Ramones just playing? Yeah, yeah, they didn't just end the song, too, by the way, with Spider-Man by the Ramones. Yep, which is the only critique I had, is that they could have oh. closed with Ramones doing the Spider-Man theme, and they didn't, and that just seems like a just such a blatant missed opportunity. Uh, Maria, anything? Sure, yeah, I do a few criticisms. I mean, I love the shit out of this movie. Um, I was overjoyed the entire time. The little child in me was, like, going crazy. But I do have a few criticisms. Um... One of which is, the secondary characters, you know, your Michelle, your Liz, your Flash, your, your alleged Sydney Moon, they were all, <laughs> they were all great individually, whenever they had them, just themselves in a shot or in a scene, but whenever they were all together, they lacked any sort of real chemistry, that sort of just like, bogged down the moment for me every time. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, there was so much, maybe it was just over, like, overpowered by how awesome Tom Holland and Michael Keaton um, and the other main characters were, but I felt like the secondary and tertiary characters didn't do enough when they were uh, when they were all together. Yeah, I mean, um, like, if the dialogue wasn't going through Peter Parker or Spider-Man, I think it, it, it died pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, you'd see a, like a scene where Michelle was by herself and she'd do something funny, like, you know, point out to the teacher that the Washington Monument was built by slaves. Or you'd see, like, Flash by himself, and he is doing this hilarious thing where he's getting a crowd at a party to chant, uh, penis Parker, penis Parker. But then when they're all in class together, it just kind of fell short. No. Uh, my other criticism, and this is a bit in line with what everybody else is talking about, which I think shows that it's an actual issue, but it's the CG effects. Um, my issue with it wasn't so much that it looked bad. I mean, I agree with what everyone else said, but the thing that bothered me was that this movie seemed to have far, far more CG than Spider-Man's last appearance in Civil War. Granted, his appearance in Civil War was relatively short, but if you look at just like his scenes in, the movie, in that film, they seem to be way more um, like heavy on the practical side of his filming his shots than they were in this movie. And I think that it's a fault for this movie. I think it takes away at times. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you find a balance in that. We all want to see Spider-Man being super agile and traversing around different locations and that's, you know, maybe that's just too much to film entirely practically, but um, hopefully that changes up with the next installment of the Spider-Man series or even the next time he's in an ensemble film because um, I think it'll, you know, going back to practical for him is, is a better better look. Hmm. Also, final um, criticism, um, I don't know why Sony had to go ahead and make that, like, a 15-year-old boy has such a jack body. I think it's a weird <laughs> thought to put in everyone's head. <laughs> and I feel like maybe they could have just like toned okay. it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. Like, I definitely noticed. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I guess like the, the only thing that I was going to say, I'll toss it to you, Abbott, is uh, I had just one, I only just had one, and it was kind of a continuity thing, uh, I think tying on to what Jesse had talked about of, we know that he ran out of web at the end of that battle scene in the fight. Yep. So how did he web everything together? He filled his cartridge. Yeah. He, he didn't From have where? It. He drops his bag. No, that was a Stark play. That was a Stark play. Yeah, it's a Stark play. He has the. I mean, it's one of the things like if you you pause a scene of him trying to shoot his web, but he has to physically go burn his hands to grab somebody out of the rubble. 
that's a scene that you showed and be like cool. He didn't and establish that he didn't have belt cartridges though. He had been taking them off of his belt. He didn't have belt cartridges because he didn't have the suit. Yeah, no, no, but his original suit pajamas. had belt cartridges or at least yeah. had access to cartridges yeah. because he, the the web slingers are his invention. Yeah. So, so why did he do, do anything in that moment? Oh no no no! I agree. I don't. <laughs> I, it's a it's a it's a. Yeah, oh, I'm just saying. So <laughs> I, like, that, that was what I would do. Yeah, I mean that was a bunch of stuff. I was like, oh, but then just a way to fix it is just tie him up with rope like old school like wire it's possible funny. he picked through the wreckage of the Stark plane crash and just picked yeah, up all of his residual threads that, yeah, that's, that's, what, that, yeah, that's what he's saying <laughs> yeah. but like Grab just tie him up with thing. rope right or just tie him up with something else or just don't show the scene just show Spider-Man just going through like he, I'm physically using my power to yeah that I could have saved him yeah but I actually have a question in because I don't know anything about Spider-Man was it always like a mechanical thing, yeah. or yeah. was it like he actually? It, well, no, no. In, in the, the comics, in the Tobey Maguire movie, it was out of. He's got the little wrist. Yeah, I thought they did the uh, which is, corresponding comic. Which is Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah, twenty ninety nine right. has organic. So there's two instances ever though of that naturally occurring for him. Otherwise, he makes his own. It's it's and then a cartoon like that, yeah. that he that he like a device that he that creates by doing the hand motion. Okay. The mechanical one is Stan Lee wanted to have a plot point for him to be able to run out and have them break. So that's why they're mechanical. But also, there are instances where he has like, the actual one coming out of his body. In yeah. the comics? In the yeah. comics, very you know, few. In like, the canon 616, Peter, yeah. Peter Parker, <laughs> it's oh, like the web flu was an invention of his to okay. get up a way to, to, to travel around. But, um, like, even, but in, even in the movie, I think Tom McGuire became dehydrated or something like that. He couldn't That was the stupidest yeah. reason. But, <laughs> I mean... But at least I'm showing you that there is there is an example out there that's a movie of it's in his skin and it doesn't work. So Let's yeah. drink more milk. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I believe in myself, I'll shoot webs again. Now, I, I have a question. Yeah, it's called performance anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Stage fright. <laughs> Uh, so for the folks who had the criticisms regarding the the CG in the film um, what would be your preference if not the CG would you prefer to have uh, Tom Holland and or stuntman in suit over green screen swinging around or would you prefer like a Jim Henson-esque practical Muppet hand up the ass yeah like just like really fast in front of the camera (laughs) (laughs) Jim Henson guys for sure can we have the real actors on green screen with the hand up their ass? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't just fisting. like <laughs> yeah, spend a little bit more time on the CG and like add those like those iconic Manhattan swinging shots. Like I mean that's something I think Sam Raimi's Spider Man did really well was capturing that those swinging moments. Yeah, which I mean it was it was interesting because I think we've seen it done. Better than what we see in it. I think that yeah, I think that part was mostly because they were really trying hard to shy away from everything that occurred in the five previous it's like, movies. Forget these yeah. movies. No Uncle Ben. No great power. No swinging through the city. No wrestling. That's no no wrestling. Not, no. Well, that's only because Macho Man Randy Savage passed. Alright. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. No bone saw. Yeah. No cranes like unilaterally lining up. To- <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I'm uh. I would say let's move into some lasting thoughts and we get into some greats and we talk about, you know, what was some some lasting thoughts that we were really excited about something in the future. No spoilers for that stuff and uh, also uh, provide your grade. So I'm going to start with yeah, Abbott. 
Uh, I'm very excited for the future, um, to see where it goes. You know, just the fact that he was geeking out in the beginning of the movie, and by the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, this is all cool and stuff, because he shows him the Supreme suit, and he's like, nah. Whether he thought it was a test or not, it's just like, he wants to do his own thing, and I'm excited to see him just goof off and learn and figure that stuff out, and also for him to get to shoot some webs on MJ. That'd be cool. Is he great? Uh, I give it an S+. Plus. Ooh, okay. S plus. Yeah. It's not even a real grade. It's great. Right. <laughs> what, you never played a video game? You yeah. get above S an A. You get an S. A. It's yeah. for Super and Spider-Man. you never played Mario Kart? I thought it was for stupid. <laughs> Only oh, if we're grading you. Alright. Mike Shredder? Yo, I'm going to give it an A-. It was great not an origin film. Like, somehow they, like... They told an origin film without actually being the traditional Marvel origin. Uh, and I thought it was a great twist on that trope that they developed. Um, it was really exciting. I can't wait for the future. Yeah, cool. Memo? Um, I'll do... I'll do a big plus. Um, awesome, cool. And Mocha? Yeah, so... This movie wasn't perfect, but... As a Spider-Man film, this was even more than what I wanted it to be. Um, so, for the Spider-Man franchise, it's getting a straight-up A+. As a film in and of itself, A-. Oh, I thought it was going to be much lower at the dramatic pause. I couldn't. Like I said in the beginning, I'm very biased. That's, that's okay. <laughs> cool. Jesse? I was going to give it an A- as well. Okay. Um, probably the best Spider-Man film to date, but I would question if it would be in my top five Marvel movies. Oof. Yeah, that'd be another conversation. That that's um, such a big collection. That's yeah, the thing. That's less of a knock on Spider-Man more of like a like an applause, round of applause for Marvel. Yeah, so like they, it, they make so many that it's hard to even just keep it, them in is order. This, is this the best Spider-Man movie? That's oh yeah, best Spider-Man. Okay. For sure. Hmm. Yeah. Cut? Yeah. A-minus. is just a really fun movie. I didn't have, like, I mean, some of the critiques that were like called out were very legit. I didn't have them just because I Typically, it takes me a while to, like, usually break down a film into, like, what I didn't like or anything like that. I just usually come out of it and be like, did I have a really good time just watching that movie? And I had such a fun time. Just different moments where, like, I sat next to Warren watching the movie and be like, is this about to happen? Like, <laughs> are you watching this being, like, the Parker reveal, like, when he's about to pick her up for the homecoming date and be like, that's why that oh, house is so nice. Yeah, which, that, that happened. Again, when the door opens. Kudos. Oh, my God. The door opens and it's him and then just like Peter's face throughout the whole thing and that he can't like put himself back together and like yeah. cover up for it and the, the intensity of that moment like that uh, yeah A minus it, it, it just it, it got it so very right just from the teenage aspect from not beating the dead uncle like I already said before like and great power great response like you didn't have to do all the same things again but you got a fresh movie out of it and got Spider-Man enjoyable in a new way uh, yeah, my grade for this, uh, I was torn between either A or A minus, so I think I'm going to go with an A. Um, I still wanted a little bit more fight scenes, and I think I think we just got a lot. This uh, the small amount that he was in was so awesome in uh, Captain America Winter. Uh, not Winter Soldier, excuse me. Um, the third Captain America Civil War. Civil War. Thank you. Uh, that. I was hoping to get that awesomeness and then stretched out, but if I know that it's going to be like low points, I just wanted to see him like actually kind of fight more. Um, I think we get they didn't get it enough, but I think it's probably going to be coming. So, 
Oh, see, yeah. I like I said, I really only had one other like weird plot um, continuity uh, issue before. Brother? Uh, yeah, I uh, will give it a B plus, and I think it's awesome to see Marvel uh, shake up their formula a bit again. And uh, some I haven't really seen or felt in a Marvel movie since Ant-Man, so it's really good to see them kind of step outside the Marvel formula a bit. Uh, and, but it does have some uh, issues with its CG and action shots. And one other thing that's uh, kind of bummed me out was uh, Marissa Tomei's uh, Aunt May was kind of flat in this movie for me. So uh, I don't think she had some really good scenes. Yeah, that's yeah. I feel like that was a, like they did that on purpose too. It was like yeah. it was weird to start with me like she's really hot, but then they like did downplay her, like made her a little more lame and like older. Yeah. It's kind, it's kind of personal. Like, putting the big glasses on her and just like making more out of I touch. Mean, that didn't make her less hot. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was despite her hotness. They're like, let's try and downplay it. Weird, not that, but, but let's not try that hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, 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 what's the average? Uh, one to ten, how many grapefruits? Uh, eight and a half. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right, eight and a half grapefruits. Eight, eight, eight for sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, you need that half. Yeah, the, at least. For, uh, <laughs> Save it for extracurricular activity. activity. Yeah, exactly. I, I got that. That's for the tip. Anyone else need to clear their throat? And with that, we will say thank you so much for hanging out with the Down to Front podcast as this concludes our review of. Spider-Man, the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can find more of our work. We're going to be all over the internet. But before I share my information, Andrew, where can we find more of your work? Or what do you do online? Uh, I'm on theabsman.com. And also, uh, you can find me on theabsman.tumblr.com. Okay. Uh, Mike the Shredder, what's you and your band? You can find us at Mightiest Music or Mightiest Band, maybe an underscore before those last words, uh, and most major me- uh, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Yahoo Answers, uh, Netscape, AltaVista, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. Uh, you can also find me uh, personally at Jesse Rand's Gooey Web Slingers uh, at YMAN.com. <laughs> Sometimes in the Penguin Tank of the Aquarium. <laughs> Jesse Rand's Gooey Web Slingers. At YMAN.com. Definitely put that there. Not Yahoo Mail. YMAN. Rocket Mail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guillermo, anything that we can find on you? I don't do work. All right. Mocha uh, <laughs> Mike. Um, yeah, you can see me uh, tweet 140 characters worth of nonsense um, at my Twitter handle, which is at MochaMikeLI. Um, it is not at MochaMike because, as fans of the pod will know, there is a geriatric man who, for as far as I know, dresses up in skin-tight uh, leotards and hot glue his feathers to himself um, in his room <laughs> while he's not posting to that Twitter account. Um, so he's trying to do his own vulture impression yeah. of I the mean, old school He's version. doing his thing. It's more yeah. peacock. But anyway, <laughs> that's funny because that's another email that I I was gonna present. Uh, Jesse Rand's gooey feather bottle. Uh, <laughs> so it's funny that he might be he might be the Mocha Mike L, you know, the the at Mocha Mike. This is my situation. just buying up the domains. Well, that, that's why I had to have later. a hot take and think about my Tumblr for a second because if I give you the wrong one, that's the one where the guy takes a dick pic a day. <laughs> I mean, you give us it's one. still Andrew. <laughs> just his alternate account. Yeah, now when he's wearing a mask, <laughs> he takes a dick pic a day. I'm 
Aside from Twitter, you can follow my photography at, at Mocha Mike on Instagram. Um, I'm about to get head out on a little bit of an adventure, so if you check out my stuff now, you're going to see a whole bunch of pics from overseas, so go ahead and do that. Mm, cool. Thanks cool. so much. Jesse, where can we find you on the internet? I can't. Damn it. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Kyle? I'd be found at, at Kyle Kowalski on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that. I also have a band, uh, Actor Observer, which can be found at, at Actor Observer. And that's about that. Cool. Well, uh, you can find me posting about Bays and Fam and everything that regular high school kids post about on the internet. <laughs> Fitness Fitness. Uh, on Twitter. Tragically. At <laughs> I definitely thought you said Bidays and Fam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sharon Thomas. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can find all that fun stuff on Twitter at Prylon. B-R-I-L-U-N-D. And with that, uh, my name is Warren, and I should be signing off. You can find a bunch of our work. So we do have a Patreon. Definitely trying to like raise enough money to go watch more movies, get more actual reviews out as well. So go find us at patreon.com slash downinfront. We do have a lot of other kind of special subscriptions, and uh, Jesse and Kyle are still currently on there, so I'm super excited for that. Uh, for any of our next reviews, we're on, we have a Facebook, we have a YouTube that we can be putting out a lot of live tweets, and we have a Twitter account as well. So our Facebook is facebook.com slash DIF podcast as Facebook down in front podcast as well as our tweet or our Twitter is at underscore JFP that's at underscore down in front podcast uh, if you don't have an iOS device we're also in Stitcher you can find us on any other major platforms to search that's for the uh, podcast itself called down in front and we'll be linking the show notes to the actual YouTube as well as uh, both of Mike Blue's emails so with that we will say thanks so much for hanging out with us and we'll see you later Peace. Bye. 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 Bye.